0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey podcast or
1: wherever you get your podcasts from Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast, your trusted source for all things San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me, as always, is Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now and my co-host, Shang Peng. Shang, how's the night going so far?
0: Very good. Happy, like the San Jose Sharks, to be back at home. That was a long road trip. By the time we finished in New York, I was like, wait, we have one more game to go. <laughs> and the way the Sharks played in Columbus, uh, they had the same attitude, too.
1: Yeah, it seems like you all had your air legs or, you know, they have like <laughs> sea legs. It's just, it was just <laughs> quite a way to lose that game. But good thing for Sharks fans is they, they showed out against Calgary, a divisional opponent, where it mattered the most. Um, and they have... I always forget that Minnesota isn't in their division anymore. COVID has ruined like the divisional lineups for me now. I think I called them like a division. I I called the Minnesota Wild a divisional opponent today on Twitter, and I was like, I have to delete that tweet. I- and they're not in the division anymore.
0: <laughs> well, it's a good thing because they're a really good team.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of that Calgary game, uh, there was a notable player that was scratched, and that's going to be the highlight of this week's episode. So, Kevin LeBanc found himself sitting in the press box uh, against the Calgary Flames. So, on this week's episode, we're going to talk about the Kevin LeBanc problem, and we'll delve into some potential solutions uh, down the road for the Sharks. Uh, then, Shank's going to give us the latest Evander Kane trade chatter and everything surrounding him, and then afterwards, we highlight this week's Sport Logic stat of the week. So and we we highlight a specific player in general. So uh,
0: and it's stats of the week this week. So we're giving yeah. you more for your money.
1: Plural <laughs> the free subscription. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into it, of course we have our, our due diligence here. We like to first note the date for all the listeners. It's Currently ten thirty on the what is it the eighth? Yeah, the eighth Wednesday night, December eighth, and we're we're recording this. So if Evander Kane gets traded first thing in the morning. This is outdated. But <laughs> Speak,
0: speaking of, uh, I've heard the phrase "due diligence" so many times with the Vander Kane over the last week. As mm-hmm. in, we're doing our due diligence, or they're doing their due diligence. <laughs> yeah. So I bet. Tired like, of that tired. phrase. <laughs>
1: getting tired of the double D right now. <laughs> uh, and of course, a uh, quick shout out to our social media handles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at SJ Hockey Now Pod. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. You can follow myself and my overreactionary game day tweets at NickFloor underscore and Shang.
0: Follow me at Shang underscore Peng and all my work at San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sharks.
1: All right, Shang. We got a nice little interview clip we're going to play for everyone right now of, uh, you, uh, you telling Kevin Lebank that he was called Kevin Ovechkin, so we're gonna play that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's from a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, they were calling you Kevin Ovechkin just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but he, uh, yeah. Uh, I got a long ways to go and <laughs> they say that again. <laughs> seven hundred or so goals. Yeah, seven hundred or so goals, yeah, counting. So with that that clip, he laughs at it. We you know, you guys all all have a little laugh about him getting that nickname of Kevin Ovechkin, but boy has that name fallen off quite badly lately. Um let let's talk about Kevin. Let's talk about the situation surrounding him. I'll go ahead and let you start.
0: Yeah, uh that was aspirational and we had a good run run with that. Um hopefully it can uh come back to fruition. Anyway, going into the season with Kevin, I think the Sharks were really, really hoping And the original training camp lines, from what I I recall, uh, the first day, uh, it was Nick Bonino, Kevin LeBanc, and actually uh, Rudolph Balzers. And in theory, that sounds like a pretty intriguing third line. Nick Bonino has been a third-line center for a Stanley Cup winner, has played with skilled players in a Phil Kessel, and succeeded. LeBanc has scored 50 points. Balser's last year scored at, I think, about a half a point clip, you know, going up and down the lineup. And Mm -hmm. you were looking at a third line that had some offensive potential for once, you know, with the Sharks, because we haven't had too much of that the last couple of years. And uh, a line like that, if that succeeded, that really would give the Sharks a lot of scoring depth, uh, which we also haven't seen a lot the last couple of years. And for whatever reason, the Bonino-LeBanc partnership really just didn't work out, hasn't worked out. And the question then is, well, why hasn't it worked out, right?
1: Yeah, it seems as if, like, that should be a match made in heaven. Like, I know we talked to Jack Hahn about it a little bit with uh, Pavelski taking a, quote-unquote, backseat to, like, Rupe Hintz and Robertson in Dallas. And it's... The first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, that's paralleled with Nick Benino. You have that player of that age who is in his fast. You need to pair him with someone who's got more "quote unquote" skill, and they right. can complement each other's skill set. And it doesn't seem to have worked, and more or less has worked for Noah Gregor now with uh, Nick Benino than Kevin LeBank.
0: Right, right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit more about maybe why the exact fit hasn't been there. But mm-hmm. I think, though, in general, though, I spoke with three NHL scouts, and the answer was all the same, just in terms of what's going on with Kevin Lebank this year. And it's simply that Lebank is a complimentary winger and not somebody who drives a line. And I think the Sharks were hoping that Lebank could be somebody that drives a line in a bottom six role, take advantage of better matchups there, and... Again, really give the Sharks a scoring depth that they haven't had since 2018-19. And basically, with Kevin, and I know a lot of you uh, have said it online, um, Kevin LeBanc is somebody that needs to play with good players. That's what appears to be the case here. We saw him succeed with Joe Thornton in 2018-19. That's when LeBanc scored, I think it was 56 points. And 2018-19 was Jumbo's last impact year. We saw Kevin do well in stretches uh, last year with Logan Couture and Evander Kane, uh, both top six NHL players. Anyway, Nick Bonino and Jasper Weatherby, uh, Lane Peterson. uh, Weatherby and Peterson, that's who LeBanc has been playing with most recently. Uh, Those Th- those guys aren't in the echelon of Joe Thornton, Logan Couture, and Evander Kane. And maybe Benino is or was. Uh, again, like I mentioned, uh, Benino has excelled with skilled players, and Benino has scored twenty goals in this league too. But the fit just hasn't been there mm-hmm. with Nick Benino. One scout I talked to. He offered that he sees Benino as more of a psycho player and LeBank as more of a rush player.
1: Hmm.
0: And we have seen this year what works with Nick Benino, at least Nick Benino now. And we've seen it with you mentioned Noel Greger, mm-hmm. Cogliano, uh, Nieto. And it's a lot of speed on the four check that can get Benino the puck kind of in tight below the tops of the circles, where, as we've seen recently, Nick Benino is still dangerous down there. Yeah. And I don't know if that's quite LeBanc. You know, LeBanc is, I think, a little better on the forecheck than people give him credit for, but still, he's not He's not sort of that uh, greyhound on the forecheck. You know, uh, Kevin LeBanc doesn't have that kind of speed. Uh he doesn't have that kind of kind of uh he doesn't have no Gregor speed he doesn't have the cogliano speed plus veteran wiles that sort of thing, and maybe the strength there too to 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 win as many pucks like a cogliano can win
1: and like let's deep let's dig deep into the bag you mentioned that Joe Thornton line that people forget the other winger on that line was Marcus Sorensen mm-hmm. you know you're not talking about like a grade a level playmaker but where Marcus Sorensen was great was and I'm going to throw the invisible air quotes is the dirty areas he was able to go in on the forecheck very well fish a lot of those pucks out and then he would get the puck to Joe Thornton LeBanc just had to be in the right spot at that point he he wasn't tasked with a lot of the heavy grinding duties uh down low that would complement a player like Nick Benino now.
0: Right, right. And I think they started the season this year. Uh, Nieto, uh, Benino, and Lebanc, and it just didn't quite crystallize. You would think that maybe Nieto is that guy that can do some of that dirty work, mm-hmm. and it just didn't didn't quite quite pan out. And anyway, you know, Le, Le, also too on such a line too, Lebanc becomes you know your best player, and maybe that's not that shouldn't be his role on the line either. Like I said. He's not seen as somebody that can drive a line. And so yeah. we talk about the Sorensen, Thornton, LeBanc trio. And Thornton is obviously your kingpin player on that line. And you talk about Couture and Kane and LeBanc. You know, LeBanc is, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but LeBanc is the worst player on that line. But he can complement higher quality players, better all-around players like a Couture and Kane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so, anyway, you know, it doesn't sound like we're saying too much. Like, okay, Kevin LeBank needs to play with good players. That doesn't sound like yeah. much of a, a, <laughs> a, a brainstorm there. Analytics. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> but I think the, 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 the problem, though, then we see, though, if you look at the Sharks as they're currently constituted, yeah. LeBank has left out uh, a little bit of a cold with San Jose's current top six. Where maybe he needs to play to produce, and right now we have with San Jose's top six, we have the Couture line that has been untouchable so far. That line of uh, Dalen, Meyer, and Couture—that's the exact line that that came out the first day of training camp. Yeah, it's so it's what the coaches imagined from day one, and it's worked out. So then, that leaves the Tomas Hurdle line.
1: Poor, poor Hertl, just can't find <laughs> consistent teammates. Maybe, maybe
0: just... he he can't, but you know, uh, I'm gonna give uh, Alexander Barabanov some credit. That Barabanov has done some good things on that line, and I think a Barabanov duplicates uh, Lebanc's skill set in some ways, but I think he's done it better than Lebanc this year, and cheaper. And cheaper too, yeah. But that's that's, that's neither here nor there though. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like for yeah. Uh, but uh, so I don't know if you want to put a Bonoff and Lebanc on the same line with Hurdle. That could be kind of a tough defensively too. And also, who who's gonna go get the puck on on a, on a line like that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, Rudy Balzers is on that line. He offers a different skill set than a bonoff and a LeBanc and a Hurdle. You know, Balzer's kind of is more likely, more apt to go into those dirty areas to get the puck. Uh, Balzer's is a small player, but Balzer's play does play big.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, you know, when you put together a line, that's sort of what you kind of calculate how just different skills mix and that sort of thing. You don't want the same kind of player. And so again, so that leaves LeBanc kind of out in the cold uh, in the bottom six, or I'm sorry, out of the top six. And then, you know, therefore, the Sharks are hoping that he finds that chemistry with Nick Bonino and so they can form a dangerous third line. But that hasn't happened. And, you know, one thing that, that Bob Bugner said recently when uh, a couple of days ago, when we talked to him about Kevin LeBanc and scratching him, And I asked him, well, you know, uh, Kevin maybe hasn't found the chemistry with his line mates, uh, his centermen, be it Bonino and or a Weatherby. And Bob just said flat out, like, I don't blame his line mates. You got to take personal accountability for your own game. And I don't think Bob is wrong about that. Um even though it sounds like, you know, with what I've been saying for the last 5 minutes that that I that I, I kind of think he's wrong about that. <laughs> but I actually don't think he he is wrong about that. There's a lot of things that Kevin Lebank can do in his own game that has nothing to do with putting up points or uh you know, Kevin lebank turning Jasper Weatherby into a 20 goal scorer. That's not what anybody is asking Kevin lebank to do. Mhm. There are things that Kevin can do, improve in his own game when he's not scoring, that can help team out. You know, be better along the wall. Uh, be better on, on, on the forecheck. Um, don't lose those battles uh, uh, along the wall or chasing loose pucks. Uh, make sure when you, when you get the puck out, you get the puck out and you're not turning it over in the middle of the ice in the defensive zone. And of course, when you do get those those huge chances in a game, uh, offensive chances, you gotta you gotta bear you gotta bury it, uh, or you gotta be you gotta make that pass so your teammate can 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 bury it. Yeah. And so I think that that combination of things has been has been missing with, uh, with with Kevin's game, be it defensively or offensively. But of course, on the offensive side, you can't sympathize with LeBanc this season. To some degree, insofar as his teammates haven't been the best, and maybe again, his game is a complementary game and just is not is not a fit uh, for the the Sharks' bottom six as it is right now. Just don't have a player that can play well well with him in that role.
1: and you would think also with what Bob has said, um, we as fans and I say we I mean me and the Sharks fans you being a media member um, you're more adept at looking at things off puck as opposed to like a Sharks fan that's watching the game a lot of the fans you know we're following the puck around we're watching the action and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with uh, LeBanks play off the puck as opposed to um, offensive production and then when you boil it down to his offensive production it just hasn't necessarily been there it started off well when he was dubbed a Kevin Ovechkin after those one timers <laughs> on the on the faceoff dot. But it's like you gotta find that consistency and then like Bob said, uh, personal accountability. So um, I'm not gonna speculate anything, but you wanna see a response when you give players assignments, i.e. Tomas right. Hurdle. So Bob Bugner has a heart to heart with Hurdle and then he scores a hat trick two games later. Like you can't expect that to happen, but you you want to see like that that extra drive. You want to see that player take the next step, you know, forecheck harder. It shows up on tape. And I'm sure that's what Bob and the coaching staff is looking at when they're going over their their individual meetings with Kevin and they're like, "Look, we told you and it it just doesn't seem like we're getting more effort out of you. Maybe you should take the night off. Hopefully that will kind of give you that smelling salt effect and help help wake your game up." But right much right, like you yeah. said, if I go back to my Tomas Hurdle case, Hurdle got the exact same line mates and more productive line mates than Barabanov and and Balsers. So Kevin LeBanc kind of getting the cold shoulder as far as, like, complementary skills around him, yes. Um, I I figure if he finds his way back into the lineup, the the leash might be short, but he'll pro I, I don't want to speculate, obviously, but you would hope that they would try to find a way to make it work with him. So that way you can capitalize using what he can bring to the table. Um, In my opinion, you shouldn't have to do that with a guy who's making almost $5 million, you know, but that's just kind of the the situation that the sharks have put themselves in involving Kevin LeBanc. And it's a, a situation that Doug Wilson has put the coaching staff in, you know, signing him to that contract. So,
0: yeah, maybe that's the reality with 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 LeBanc um, that you hope that he could drive uh, a, a line a bottom six line, and maybe maybe it's just not really in his game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, there is sort of that. I don't think the coaching staff uh, expects Kevin LeBanc to turn Lane Peterson into a twenty goal scorer or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't. No, I don't think that's what the coaching staff is talking about. But yeah, I think what happens though with a lot of players is when you're not producing. On one side of the puck, it, it can bleed into the other side of, of your game, and I think that that's what the coaching staff has seen with with LeBanc. Yeah, um, that the other things are 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 have slipped this year, and of course, this isn't the first time, even this year, that the coaching staff has talked to Kevin or kind of put it out there that. There are things that, that, that they really need him to work on. Uh, if you remember after the Colorado game, uh, the, the game when all the players came back from COVID, and LeBanc had took a pretty bad penalty in that game that Bob was very, very unhappy with. Mm-hmm. And that was one example of that, of the coaching staff already putting LeBank on notice. And when we asked Bob about scratching Kevin, uh, in the in the Calgary before the Calgary game, he said that that the coaching staff had talked to LeBanc during the road trip, a couple of days before, so or a couple mm-hmm. games before, I think he said. So sometime during the road trip, they were telling him, "Look, you got to do this, this, and this," and they didn't get this, this, and this from yeah. from Kevin a couple games later, and so that's why you escalate the message to okay you know we took it to to the media kind of and put it out there uh of course we've talked with you the whole time then we had a private kind of meeting with you and uh you know so it's been a couple kind of meetings like that and the game still hasn't changed enough yeah and so now uh, you have to you have to sit and watch and and hopefully you know hopefully that'll spark something And, you know, where you have sympathy for Kevin is that, okay, you know, if if LeBanc uh, plays against Minnesota and based on the 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 practice lines uh, from from earlier today, it's going to be back on the fourth line. You know, he was practicing with Peterson, Gajovic and Weatherby. Yeah. So he didn't magically, you know, earn himself for a promotion next to 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 Tommy Hurdle or Logan, Logan Couture. Um, so it's going to be a little more challenging, obviously, for 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 Kevin to kind of, um, you know, put his stamp on on his, on the game. Just in so far as he's a more offensive guy and his line mates aren't offensive guys. But Dutch is a situation that he finds finds himself in, and he's got to kind of play himself play himself out of it and show that he needs to be on a higher line, be it with you know try him with Benino again and maybe put the, the a different complimentary winger next to them. Maybe we be better, maybe put Noel Gregor next to uh, yeah. next to uh, next to Benino and LeBanc. And maybe Noel Gregor can go get, get those pucks and, and that sort of thing. I don't know. I'm not sure about that part of it, but still um, it's not, it's not, it's not as easy obviously as okay. Uh, show us your game, Kevin and do yeah. it next to Tommy hurdle and score some points. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's easier than doing it with, Lane Peterson or Weatherby or whatever. But the Sharks' top six is at the moment pretty set. So barring an injury, that is, you know, Kevin LeBanks lot. Uh, once again, you know, he's not necessarily going to replace a Meyer. No, he's no way going to replace a Meyer. Never. Right? <laughs> and he's not going to replace Dolan right now just because of the fit with Dolan. Um, yeah and he's not going to replace necessarily Bear Bonoff at the moment because they may have a similar skill set, but Bear, Bear Bonoff is doing it better. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, was... Balsers has a different skill set.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to echo. I don't, I don't want to be in the echo chamber here, but it seems like last season we saw two different things happen for the Sharks. We saw Ryan Donato find his way out of the top six off the power play and uh onto the Seattle Kraken. Right. And you know, not even didn't even get a qualifying offer. And then we saw Barabonov start in the bottom six and end up on Tomash's hurdle line or Tomash Hurdle's line. So like who is Kevin LeBanc going to be in this in this scenario? Is he going to be the Ryan Donato for the Sharks that is fading down to the bottom six, stays there and gets traded away for the change of scenery or, or the hockey trade that you referred to last year at last year's trade deadline? Or is he going to elevate his gameplay? He's young enough to be able to know how to continue to grow his game. He's smart enough to do it. It's all about executing at this point. And yes, to your point, can beating the dead horse here or reiterating, it's not the best line mates, but – you gotta find a way to make it work if you're gonna work your way in or try to work your way into that top six. Make it difficult for Bob to not put you next to Toman Hurdle, And it doesn't seem like he is at all.
0: Right. Right. And that's a great example so. with uh, Ryan Donato. Actually with Barry Bonnoff, actually I, I don't recall if he started in the bottom six or not. Uh, but I, I but your point though is well taken though that You know, uh, Donato is a great example of a player going sharply downward, right? Because Ryan Donato, what the people hoped, uh, the Sharks hoped that he would be a top six player. They said so. And they hoped that he could be uh, a 20-goal, not in a shortened season, but, you know, a guy that would be a 20-goal scorer in a regular season. And, Mm. that, yeah, that that went south quickly. But. You know, can, can can LeBanc go north with this game? Uh, that's what we're hoping. Um, unlike Adonado, uh, you can't just walk away from him. Uh, yeah. Like you mentioned, the the Sharks uh, and the contract, they've signed LeBanc too. Uh, it's two more years after this year at 4.725. At the time oh. it was signed, um, you know, I think it was reasonable for his production, productivity level. Uh, but right now, though, it's looking like quite a drag, obviously, you know, a guy with... <laughs> Right, putting in nicely with six points in 19 games. Yeah. So the Sharks have uh, no choice, kind of, but to, but in some ways, uh, unless they want to trade him, you know, fifty cents on a dollar. But to see if he can figure out how to, I guess, improve his game. And I will say that the Sharks have found some degree of success with that patience this year. Obviously, be it with Timo Meyer, who was in a doghouse like LeBanc last year. Or Eric Carlson, who has been underperforming with a massive contract, right, for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And they didn't find that success with Vlasic. But LeBanc is young enough. And that's one thing I will say uh, that I don't think I've made clear so far uh, in in our little talk here so far. I don't care about Kevin LeBanc having six points in 19 games and so far as I think he's still a very very skilled player Uh, I've seen nothing that tells me that if you put him with the right line mates or whatnot that he couldn't put up 40 50 points just like well, Doug Wilson promised 60 points, but uh, but yeah. Doug Wilson didn't promise that he'd score that number of points next to Nick Nick Benino or Lane Peterson. So.
1: Yeah, that was the fine print of that quote that we didn't see. Exactly. That was a parenthesis <laughs> right there. He'll score 60 points, but
0: not just with anybody, though. Yeah. He'll score
1: 60 points with Joe Thornton. <laughs> but, but I mean, um, yeah, Go ahead. No, I was just going to kind of move forward here. So, like... Let's say the sharks don't play the patience game with. Uh, I was going to say Nick Benino. Let's say they mm-hmm. don't play that that patience game with uh, Kevin LeBanc. Mm-hmm. You know, we, like you said, it's paid off with Timo Meyer thus far. Uh, Eric Carlson is on a tear right now. Um, if they don't play the patience game, what? What do we foresee that could possibly happen with LeBanc? Uh, there's been a lot of rumors floating around, especially since the Bruins have uh, made it known that Jake DeBrusque is going to be, uh, essentially put out. So he's there he's for, on the market. Yeah. 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 He's on the block. So. Yeah. He's on the block. <laughs> so, talk talk me through this. You think a one for one would uh would suffice? Because I know you've talked about this before, actually. I, I think you you know, you know mentioned talking about it last year uh, around the trade deadline. But you think that's a possibility if the Sharks just run out of patience with Kevin?
0: Well, it might be a possibility. It might be something that the Sharks would be interested in. But I'm not sure if I see Boston being interested. Mm. For one thing, uh, Jake DeBrusque, even though... The production hasn't been there with him, and there are questions about him. Like His style of game is a game that kind of people like and, and are attracted to, at least uh, in hockey circles. You know, that big skating guy who's physical, that sort of thing. And so I will say that uh, Jake DeBrust that has figured it out is a lot more valuable than a Kevin LeBanc that's figured it out.
1: Especially on the line with Nick Bonino, if he's running that sort of physical... Good skating. I mean, we know how much Doug Jr. loves good skaters. Sure. So yeah. If he's yeah. That physicality down low on the third line. I mean, at a at a much smaller cap hit, if he's able to click with with bones down there, that could be that could pay dividends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, we're talking about ceiling, right? I, I think yeah. that uh, uh, DeBras' ceiling is looked upon uh, more favorably than than a, than a Kevin Lebank's ceiling. Uh, really? Lebank obviously is a point producer, but um, is somewhat, you know, a bit one dimensional in, in his game. Whereas I think mm-hmm. that the brusque offers maybe a little more, a little bit of scoring punch, but a little more physicality, you know, just a little more variety to his game that makes him uh, more appealing if, you know, if he's on his game. And I think a couple other points with the Brusk too that people forget is I know it's easy to kind of put together, oh, uh, two underperforming players about the same age, et cetera, et cetera, it well, just trade them? Kevin LeBlanc, like we mentioned, is owed uh, 4.725 for two more years after this one. Jake DeBrusque only has one more year left in his contract this year at 3.6. So you have to ask yourself, realistically, why does Boston make that trade? Unless they really like Kevin LeBlanc, uh, which is possible, but I I've not, not seen that that kind of uh, I have no sense I haven't I haven't received any sense of that talking to people that that uh, that Boston likes a Kevin LeBanc that much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's one of those things again, you know, where these are players of two different styles. And if a team was interested in Kevin LeBank's style, insofar as a playmaker first, uh, a guy who can, who I think can still help your power play, even though uh, he hasn't had too much success on it this year, besides the early uh, season, Kevin Ovechkin run there. But if a team likes a LeBanc, then maybe a trade like that can happen. But I, like I said, um, uh, the contract is a barrier with a, with a Boston and a DeBrusque, and also too, would Boston be interested? Um, yeah. I don't Takes know two to Tango. exactly. I don't know for sure if San Jose would be interested, but I would guess they would be. Uh, I would guess, because you get to get out of the the LeBanc contract. And like I said, the Bruss game at its best offers uh, maybe a wider portfolio of kind of uh, qualities and whatnot, whereas LeBanc's qualities are a little more limited, uh, even though they are good qualities. Uh, uh, LeBanc is good at what he's good at. But anyway, so no, I'm not seeing it with with Boston myself.
1: Gotcha. And you know, you're talking similar age between the two, similar – I, I, I'll say it lightly: statistical letdowns in that sense. Um, so, I mean, it, it's one of those things where the Sharks did a one for one last season with Antti Suomela to Barabanov, uh, not a trade as of, you know a high caliber. I don't even think it. I don't even think the NHL tweeted it out. Maybe they did because of legal ramifications. But it's just <laughs> yeah, no, but
0: that's a whole, whole, whole different animal. I, yeah. I, I think that Toronto was doing to some degree uh, uh, Barabanov uh, uh, a, a favor. favor. Yeah, because uh, I think they had they had promised a little more playing time and just a little more opportunity. And Toronto obviously is a deep forward group, and Berbounov couldn't couldn't quite break it. Um, it's like uh, actually, I've been saving this this story for for some other time. I think it's a good one. Um, Ooh, okay, but, we going talk about it. It's just a, yeah. It's let just me. I, I'm trying to think of of how 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 to phrase. I need to phrase it very exactly. Um, Let's just say that uh, among my my scat- my scout, friends or acquaintances or colleagues or whatever who are NHL scouts that, you know, I talked on a regular basis, um, that the barabanov Suomela talent swap was a head-scratcher insofar yeah. as people I was talking to was like, wait, Toronto took Suomela? Sul- and not in a good way. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah, so that makes sense.
1: yeah, so anyway, yeah, so let's so let's not look at that as um uh I was more or less just drawing parallels to the sharks being able to win a one for one recently. Oh, sure, so sure, sure. Maybe they can find a way to win this one for one if they end up if Bob goes to Doug or in this case, Bob goes to Joe Will and he's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. look, all right. We need to try to find a way to offload him and get something that we could work with." Right. We like Jake he's from State Farm. So they bring him in, they double down their insurance and they they find a way to execute it on the third line at a at a lower cap hit and and for a sharks team that's so cap strapped if you can find a way to do that, I feel like it would pay off. Right, even right. Even if right. you aren't even if you're even getting the exact same level of production, it's still a win on like a cap perspective. So. Well, yeah, and
0: also, too, like I said, uh, if, if, if the brusque is, uh, is productive, playing his best, he also offers uh, kind of a wider range of skills, too. But, again, like I said, uh, you had to get Boston interested if you're trying to make uh, Kevin LeBanc your centerpiece. And that probably means with uh, a more pernicious, longer contract that you got to add something to a LeBanc. And maybe you don't want to because it might be more than you want to pay. Um, I wanted to also actually. Uh, one of the scouts I was talking to today had an interesting idea, and this is more along the lines of of uh, how you keep Kevin LeBank on the Sharks and make and and kind of um, hopefully uh, uh, turn turn his year around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be kind of a weird idea because, because this this guy has been very very uh, bad this year for the Blackhawks. And from what I understand too, from what I've heard, the offers that the Blackhawks Blackhawks have been receiving for him have been very low ball um which could be actually be a good thing for the Sharks. Uh but the player is uh, Dylan Strom. And uh or is it Strom?
1: I believe it's uh, Strom. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah it's though. it's Strom.
0: Yep. You know, you fall in a, in hard times as a lot lottery pick if uh, people can't even say your name right. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're, I think you're pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're right though. It's Strom, not Strom. But anyway, Dylan Strom. So, and Dylan Strom has been a productive player in this league. Uh, he scored, I think, 51 points. I think a couple years ago between the Blackhawks and the Coyotes.
1: That sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he has been uh, been a regular scratch for the Blackhawks this year, especially under uh under uh, Jeremy Colleton. Mm-hmm. And under uh Derek King, uh the Blackhawks new coach, from what I understand, uh, you know, he's been given a little bit more of a chance, he's been better, et cetera, et cetera. But the Blackhawks I, I think are you know, they're 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 listening on, on, on a strome. And the offers like I've heard have been very low and maybe so low that, you know, maybe the Chicago just, just says, you know what, we'll just keep the guy, you know, we don't need to take your, you know, whatever your, your, your low pick or your grade C prospect for him. We may yeah. able to just keep him.
1: Does it even worth um, the paperwork for them at that point.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so, and so, and so, and so, so that, that might keep uh, a Strom in Chicago, but if San Jose wanted to throw its hat in the ring and, you know, Maybe offer up a little bit more than whatever whatever out there Chicago is getting so far. Okay, so this is why the, this idea seemed interesting to the scout, and I, I kind of bought into it. Dylan Strome is not a good defensive player. There's a reason why he couldn't. You know, he hasn't been able to cut it with the Blackhawks and and and, and whatnot. So Dylan Strome is not coming in, and he's not. You know, going. To, he shouldn't play top six for you. If he's playing top six for you, then your team probably isn't very deep, like the Blackhawks haven't been over the last uh, a couple of years. Yeah. But the idea is that maybe uh, you need to spark a Kevin LeBanc with playing him with more offensive players. Mm-hmm. And maybe... You kind of form a bottom six line with a strom with a Lebank, and then you put somebody on there that can you know go fetch the puck and and cover for Strom and LeBanc, maybe like a Cogliano or something like that and then suddenly you have a very interesting interesting mix in the bottom six for the sharks, where you have a very defensive line bottom six line you know headlined by Nick Nick Manino mm-hmm. and whoever Nick Menino is playing with. And then you have a very offensive bottom six line, uh, headlined by Strom and LeBanc. And I think that actually presents kind of an interesting matchup thing. Uh, the, the Sharks could, could uh, become a, uh, a way more dangerous team this way. And you're adding into the idea that, that Strom is, maybe can be had for, for a very cheap offer. The Sharks have a little capped space now with the Vander Kane and the Miners. And you might be able to unlock both players. You know, Stroma and LeBanc are both offensive players. And you can unlock kind of both of their games a little bit that way. And I think one question that some fans might have is, well, what happens to a Jasper Weatherby, right? Weatherby Mm -hmm. is waiver-exempt. Yeah, um but I think Weatherby's the more I guess the more key one there because he is sort of the, the younger uh the, the the more prospect guy there. And mm-hmm. you know, Weatherby Jasper may benefit from, from playing big minutes in, in in with a Barracuda. Uh he could. Or you can keep him around as your thirteenth forward. The same goes for a Peterson or a Gadgevic. Um, Jasper everybody's just
1: recently scratched as well due to you know from what we've I believe what Bob said you know just some sometimes you hit that wall you go through these sure. long road trips so give them that day off so like you sure. said he could benefit from top line minutes down in the AHL yeah 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 this yeah. could work
0: yeah like oh uh, like well, what I, I think I think Jasper has been been pretty pretty good up in the NHL for you know considering where, where he came from last mm-hmm. year when I think very few people had expectations for him to make the nhl at all maybe and and especially not right out of college but any any first year pro i think could potentially benefit from a lot of minutes down in the ahl as opposed to 10 a night in the nhl so anyway so that was just one one idea um this was not an idea that it's sort of like it's not a rumor i'm not trying to start a, a rumor uh it's not something where like I, I i think or know that san Jose has talked to chicago or my Breaking source news. right it's not it's <laughs> not any of that so yeah so don't uh so like don't don't extrapolate from this, that folks. <laughs> but it's, it's just sort of uh, uh speculating there and it was just an interesting idea of well okay we talk about the the future right and what to do with the kevin LeBlanc. his contract is tough to get rid of right now because he, He's scoring at you know right now on an 82 game pace. He's going to score like 25 points or something like that. You know, no one wants that. Uh, no one wants offensive player at 4.725 million that's scoring you 25 points, right? So no, <laughs> yeah. So so instead of uh, instead of trading him at 50 cents on the dollar, because I do again, I'm going to say this again that I still think he has legitimate talent and he has 40, 50 point talent. Again, maybe not 60 points like like Doug promised, but a good 40, 50 points. I think he has that still. It's got to put the right people around him. And so instead of trading him, uh, you know, pennies on a dollar or whatever, or just trying to get under from that contract, which is a very common Sharks problem, right? And one you want to avoid, maybe try to find a guy like a Strome that maybe can compliment uh, Kevin LeBanc, but on a lower line. Where they're not exposed at as much, but it they're still at a you' you're putting Kevin with a skilled player that can mm-hmm. get him the puck in the right places that can put away uh, uh uh Kevin's passes so it's it's just it's just a thought I thought it was an interesting one um I don't know if it has any legs it, it probably has no more legs than uh LeBanc for DeBras' swap, but it's just it's just a thought for how to salvage your asset and not think about just how to Get out from under your asset for and, you know, take 50 cents on a dollar, but how to yeah. salvage it and make your asset, uh, you know, shine it up a bit.
1: Yeah, if it can perform at a 75% efficiency rate, that's better than selling it at a 50% rate. Right, so
0: exactly. That's exactly. just math at exactly. that
1: point. Shang's trying to create the all gas no breaks fourth line for the Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> that would
0: be interesting. I don't know the, the way the, I, I, I kind of like that idea of you know some games uh, depending on the matchup you play a Benino line more uh, the more defensive yeah. line more but some games depending on the matchup uh, you can maybe use a more offensive skilled fourth line to really you know exploit the other team.
1: Could you imagine, like, just a purely downhill? They only take offensive zone face-offs, and they just absolutely (laughs) crush people. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, reinvent the game, right? We saw what Trevor Zegers did with his pass, so (laughs) we might as well try. I think that— Go ahead, Shang. Sorry.
0: (laughs) I just want to say, like, uh, if— you know, the team is visiting SAP Center, and your fourth line is your typical John Hayden, those kind of guys, right? And, and mm-hmm. that's who the, the, the coach throws over the boards. And you're staring at San Jose's fourth line, and it has Dylan Strome and Kevin LeBanc. I mean, those are two guys that, again, have scored 50-plus points at an NHL level. Yeah. Uh, that can, uh, you know, can be a deadly fourth line uh, on an offensive zone faceoff.
1: They're familiar with the back of the net, so yep. you better be. You got, you know, it could prevent like or present like you said a lot of mismatches or some some weird matchups on the mm-hmm. ice. So that would be fun to watch just for the hell of it, just to see what would happen. So yeah, yeah, pure chaos. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> I think that pretty much sums up uh, our our thoughts, our prognosis on the uh, Kevin LeBanc problem is what we're going to call it uh, we're going to use that that term loosely because it's not necessarily a problem but uh, or not as much as a problem as as, a, as another as the next guy the sharks <laughs> as the next guy on the show great segue there shang <laughs> <laughs> hey guys we just want to take a quick break to thank this week's sponsor DraftKings sportsbook football fans i'm sure we all love an action-packed high-scoring nfl game with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. That's right, folks. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. And don't worry if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. It's simple, everyone. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. And one dollar wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER so yeah let's move right into it so shang you've got some uh you've heard some chatter you've been on the phones you've been talking to some sources from what I've heard, my sources are telling me you've had your sources. <laughs> um, so, so what's the what's the current chatter right now in the NHL world involving uh, Vander Kane and a trade possibility?
0: I have heard that there is interest. Uh, I've heard that there is a GM interested, obviously with sal- salary retained by San Jose, but he has to take it to ownership, and I think that that's a very key part in a lot of. The due diligence that people are doing with Kane. That, so when you
1: say he has to take it to ownership, what do you mean specifically?
0: Well, not surprisingly, this is not purely a hockey decision, right? Trading for Evander Kane. Yeah. Purely, if we talk about purely on the ice, Evander Kane is worth $7 million a year. He's worth $3.5 a year. He's worth $1.75 a year. However you divide it, Evander Kane on the ice is definitely worth that money. Mm-hmm. But it's the locker room stuff, uh, for one, to start with, uh, that you have to calculate if you can chance having a cane in your room. And yeah. I just want to preface it too, just to say it too, that that stuff is very real. That's the reason. That's the reason why Evander Kane isn't with the Sharks now. It's the locker room stuff. It's not right. the COVID thing. It's not Anna Kane's allegations. It's not the media, which is the most ridiculous thing I've I've heard. Uh that I haven't really <laughs> addressed. But we Trying I I wish fault. I wish we had that kind of power to dictate what the sharks do uh with their managerial decisions. We don't. Um uh, but no, it's a locker room stuff. That's why Vander is with the Barracuda and the sharks are, you know, doing shark stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They're sharking so, it up. Sharking it up, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so the, the locker room stuff is is, is real with, with Evander. Um, also too, of course, um, not to downplay it at all, the off-the-ice stuff, all the stuff we've talked about, you have to chance that too. Uh, what's going to come back on Evander or bite, back, bite Evander from the past? What's going to happen in the future? Mm-hmm. So that's why it becomes an ownership decision. Uh again, there's no issues with him on the ice. There is the other stuff, like you said, the locker room stuff, the off the ice stuff, yeah, you have to kind of calculate, take your guess on. Um, but you know, then the question becomes, is your ownership willing to take on PR problems, uh, chance, future off the ice problems, along with this multi-year contract, even if it's a reduced amount, because San Jose has retained some of it, but mm-hmm. it's still a multi-year commitment uh, to a guy like Evander Kane that may cause future off-ice problems, and so that's sort of uh, that's sort of where, where I think it's at now. Um, uh, teams are doing their due diligence; uh, they're checking out you know things that Anna Kane has said. They're checking out this and that. With the locker room stuff, obviously, is, is 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 a huge, huge thing too. And I don't know if 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 there is going to be a trade or not. I'm not as confident about it as maybe some people are, um, because I think that I I I, 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 I think that. Uh, The cost of, of trading a cane may not be worth it to the Sharks, and I'm not sure if the demand is so high for him that a team just doesn't say, I'm talking about another team, just doesn't say, hey, we'll just wait for him to become a free agent this offseason when you have to buy him out. Mm-hmm. So, um, maybe a team is ready to take a chance on him this year. I, I, I Like you said, I, I do think there's interest. I think teams are checking into it. Uh, I think teams are talking internally about it. I think they have to because Evander is such a good player. And yeah. you're doing your job by talking about it and discussing it. But I think that there are a lot of barriers to cross before you get to a point where there's a legitimate trade. Um, And, you know, we talked about the three-way trade last week. Um, Again, you know, for that middleman team, uh, what's your motivation for taking on Evander Kane for three more years past this year, even at just $1.75 million? Uh, What's San Jose going to give you? And does San Jose want to give that up? And what's the... The, the Fascination team, the team that Evander Kane, what might they give you? And will that team want to give that up? So there's a lot uh, going on here. Um, but I, I, I will say, though, that there is definitely interest. Teams are looking into it. Um, I am also under the impression that Evander, you know, let's not forget that Evander Kane has a three-team trade clause, which basically means that there are only three teams that the Sharks can trade him to.
1: Unless he waves it.
0: Unless he waives it, and I do believe that Evander will wave will wave it because he wants to get out of the AHL. That's obvious, but I'm not sure if he's going to wave it for just anybody. You know, I don't know if he's going to yeah. wave it to go to say Arizona, right? Arizona is always a a common destination because of their uh, willingness recently to take on uh, bad contracts just for draft picks. Yeah. So just, that's just an example. I'm not saying that Arizona. I've heard Arizona being in these talks really, but. Uh, I don't know if, if, if he would waive it a go to a team that what, what are they right now, four and 12 or something like that. I, I do think that he wants to win, um, and so his list may expand past three teams, but it's not going to expand much farther than that because well how many teams you know have a chance to compete and to win? Um, and so and, and are also interested in him too. I think that's yeah. that's the other combination part. And so that's that's why uh, that list, I, that list I believe will expand. It, there is a willingness for that because the guy wants to get out of the AHL. Um, but it's not one of those things where I I I think or I, I've been uh, led to believe that it'll, he's willing to go just anywhere to get back to the NHL or to get out of San Jose.
1: Yeah. And uh, we talked about Kevin LeBanc and Jake DeBrusque, one for one, it takes two to tango. Uh-huh. In this situation, if you try to execute that three-team trade, you basically have to have a full-blown wedding party out there to uh, to execute that trade. you got to have a Cupid shuffle going on. There's no tango <laughs> involved in like the six, seven, eight people that will need to all agree to the exact terms and, and negotiations and everything. And the biggest thing I want people to note is the trade deadline is March 21st. So that's 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 the big key right. moving. There's forward. a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. In, in the Evander Kane saga that we've dubbed it, um, if a trade were to happen, it has to happen by 3 p.m. Eastern time uh, on that date, and we've talked about possible destinations before. We've talked about his connection with Joe Thornton, and you know if he'd be able to go play and compete with Florida. But like you said, and it's it's emphasized there. Uh, it will come down to an ownership decision. Will the owner be able to handle the nightmare of PR that they're going to get? So it's going to be a tough one. We're going to ride the wave until it crashes and burns. Cause that's what waves do. And uh, again, just reiterating March 21st, write it down, bookmark it, put it on your calendar agenda, Apple reminder, Alexa, whatever you want to use. Uh, it's going to be a hot day, and uh, one of the names, if he's not traded before then, Evander Kane.
0: So right, right, and I just want to add to that. Right now, that is what I'm hearing, but it does it does just take one team to be interested that can close this deal really fast. So mm-hmm. that could happen too. And other other thing I wanted to r- remind uh, everybody about is that Evander Kane has a lot of leverage here, in um, so far as I mean. Maybe not that much leverage because he's an AHL. <laughs> but he has more leverage than you might think insofar as obviously he has his re-team trade clause. But also, too, if he just sits it out this season, he's still a pretty young player. He's going to be you know, 31. And if the Sharks buy him out, then he, be, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And he can choose where he wants to go. And he becomes so much more valuable because now teams can sign him. Uh, for one year, two years, and for a very low amount, basically uh no risk low risk, no risk to low risk contract yep. and so that might be what he may want in the end if no team really you know steps up for him this year um that just right you know just wait it out and wait for the sharks to buy him out because what else are they going to do with him over the next next uh three years or so? Um, and so that, that, that's something to, to keep in mind, um, that, uh, he does have more leverage in this case than maybe it appears.
1: All right. Well, that wraps up the chatter of, uh, rumors and, well, not, not the rumors, but the, the chatter involving Vander Kane's trade possibilities, getting to our final segment of the week, our sport logic stat of the week, but it uh, this week is the sport logic stats of the week and we alluded to it in the introduction and those who have stuck with us so far which is everyone i'm presuming <laughs> we are highlighting the pleasantly surprising gameplay and statistics of noah gregor specifically his shooting stats and we there's four categories essentially we're, we're going on a per game basis add even strength we're gonna put all this out there up front uh, Noah Gregor's top five for the Sharks in these four shooting categories that are tracked on Sport Logic: Shot attempts, shots on net, slot shots, and inner slot shots. I-N-N-E-R, inner slot shots. So I'm going to throw some numbers out there. I'm going to slow my talking down to make sure it's everyone's able to kind of comprehend. Because I do know that sometimes I do auctioneer these podcasts at times. So Noah Gregor currently, as of right now, at the, the date that we noted earlier, he sits at 4.80 shot attempts per game. That's fourth on the team behind Eric Carlson and just ahead of Tommy Hurdle, everyone's beloved Tomas Hurdle. Or S- Tomas Squirtle, if you saw the meme from Snipe City 420. You should go take a look at that. Shang's going to get it on his... Uh, in his dms here in about 20 minutes so <laughs> i've seen it it's good <laughs> it's amazing isn't it <laughs> i'm gonna get it on a shirt somehow one way or another i'm gonna find a way to do it <laughs> uh, but going back to, to noah gregor's proficiency he is third in shots on net per game at 2.60 behind only the aforementioned tomas Hertl and timo meyer he's fourth in slot shots at 1.30 per game behind meyer Hurdle and Dalen, and he's fifth at inner slot shots at zero point seven zero per game, behind Meyer, Hurdle, Dalen, and surprisingly, Nick Benino. So Shang, Noah Gregor, where did he come from?
0: <laughs> well, uh, Noah Gregor, I, I, you know, I actually. think i i talked about him a couple weeks ago um Mm -hmm. i think when we're talking about nick benino and just how nick benino's career track and or maybe i wrote about it i may actually may have written about nick benino's career track a couple weeks ago and how nick benino himself struggled to establish himself in the It took him about three four years uh in the duck system before he became a regular Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i mentioned that uh in relation to a Noel gregor to a john leonard uh insofar as you got to have patience with these guys. You know, not everybody steps in like a Jonathan Dolan maybe uh, or a – Tomash hurdle and is a phenom from the beginning. That sort of thing. Some guys take a, a couple of years. Some guys take three, four years to kind of find their game. And want to add with Noel Gregor that this is only—he's only played ten games. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But all these stats are very encouraging because they show a player that is playing to his strengths and succeeding in his strengths. Um, another stat that from Sport Logic. Is uh, Gregor is I think top five in rush chances too, which makes sense with his with his speed, and so. uh, What?
1: Oh, I was just saying, Noah Gregor, vroom. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. See you later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, he's he's the fastest Sharks player, and that speed is being. You know, he's been the fastest Sharks player for a couple of years, but that speed is being put to good use uh, this season. And so this is all very promising, and let's hope he can keep it up because it gives the Sharks another quality forward. And, you know, uh, Balsers is is out hurt now. Um, So basically on a
1: team with very lackluster winger depth right now, Shane, Noah Greger's emergence has been uh, much needed.
0: Right, absolutely. And somebody that can maybe play in, in top nine has shown so far. He's been able to slide up and down uh, with with Tomas Hurdle on the second line and played well with Nick Benito on the third line. Uh, I'm not sure if where Greger's offensive production is going to be at in the end, but A guy that can skate like that and consistently get shots and chances and be dangerous is super valuable still, even if he's not scoring as many goals as you think he he should be with the quality of chances he's getting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But it's hard to even get those chances. And so that's what Gregor has been doing on a consistent basis. And so hopefully he has turned the corner and he's figured it out. And I will say that even back to... Before his, before his Sharks debut, um, talking with scouts who were watching him in the AHL, they, they liked him. They saw a guy that had 20-goal AHL potential. They liked his speed. They liked his shot. Uh, just the game needed refinement, needed mm-hmm. polishing, needed those details. And that seems to be what is happening with Noel Greger's game, that the details are there. He's winning more puck battles. Um, he's better along the wall. He's not turning it over. Uh, in the neutral zone quite as much just things like that and so he's he's gotten the details a little more taken care of so far and the speed and shot are still there uh his qualities are are, are aren't being lost in sort of the the negative things the mistakes that 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 he may have made or was making last year and the year before mm-hmm and so, yeah, you know, this is very promising for a, a Sharks team that all of a sudden they they have kind of an interesting, maybe not a high-end group of wingers here uh, besides uh, Meyer, um, but they have an interesting group of wingers here, kind of out of nowhere with Dolan and Balzers and uh, Gregor and Bear uh, None None of these guys were, you know, very, very highly touted. And they're pretty good players. They may not be uh elite players, elite wingers, but they've done they've all done a pretty good job in their way with kind of their skills and it's nice to see Gregor kind of join that company. Um you know, the Sharks were hoping, you know, to add they were hoping that Barr Bonhoff would repeat last year's success. They were hoping that Dolan would come over and uh show that he he can hang offensively at the NHL level, and they're hoping that somebody in their Barracuda group, be it a uh, John Leonard or Noel Gregor or Sasha Chmielewski or Jokem Blikvel, one of those guys would emerge, and mm-hmm. look like a guy that really belonged in the NHL. And it looks like at least right now, it looks like Gregor uh, might be that guy who's emerged.
1: Yeah, I remember watching him uh, before I would watch in depth, I guess, is a bad way to say it. Uh, I remember watching him. It didn't seem like his hands and his feet were always synced up. It's like he he would always bust loose, but the hands were just like six feet behind him trying to catch up to what his legs were doing. And it goes back to what you're saying, the coaching staff, getting him polished up and getting the details refined uh, off the puck as well as on the puck. And it's starting to kind of form that circle of good all-around gameplay. And that's what you want to see from guys like Noah Gregor. So. All right, Shang. We've reached our time limit, and by time limit I mean we're at the end of our outline here, and there's nothing more <laughs> on the docket for us to talk about. <laughs> but it's been a uh, it's been another jam packed episode, another hour plus long episode full of exclusive insider content, of course you can only find it here on the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. But um, really quick, you still have the sale going on on San Jose Hockey Now.
0: Yes, I do. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Also, too, we have a a subscriber Q&A with Jasper Weatherby. So if you're a subscriber, thank you so much for subscribing and uh, popping your questions to... Uh, my article uh that was asking for you to to pop your questions in there and and i will ask jasper as many of your questions as i can uh should talk to him sometime next week so you still have uh this week to put in uh your questions so any questions you have and this is again just for subscribers uh subscriber q a with jasper weatherby and like i said yeah uh, we have a sale going on uh, with the website um sales actually been on for the last Literally last couple of months, and just sort of let it go, and didn't really say much about it or advertise it much. But now with this Q and A with Jasper, uh, thanks again for bringing it up. It's good to to put it out there that that the website right now uh, the uh, subscription is just twenty two ninety nine. It's seven dollars uh, less. The regular price is twenty nine ninety nine. So basically, you get two free months uh, for your year. And so check it out and also uh, drop some questions for Jasper.
1: Makes for a great Christmas present. Just putting that out there. All right, folks, that's uh, pretty much going to wrap it up for us this week. Make sure you guys, as always, and I say this every single time, hug your family, hug your loved ones, pet the dog, pet the damn dog. Like seriously, give the dog some pets, give us some treats, pet the cat. Walk the Until dog. the cat says to not yeah, walk the dog Shang looking at you. I can feel Mushu staring at me and I don't even see her. She's like you're impeding on my walk time. <laughs> but again, make sure you all take care of yourselves, stay safe, and stay hydrated.